0: All right, guys. This is the first episode of Ninety Nine Problems, man.
1: Let's go. We're gonna Dude. be putting Billy on the hot seat today.
0: <laughs> man, this has been longfully awaited. It feels like, even though it's came at such a fast pace. Yeah.
2: Very, fa- very, 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 very fast pace. I can't even talk.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like I, I've been, I could not sleep last night, bro. I'm like excited. The huh? First, the, the first shoot. I didn't sleep. Yeah, train train to sleep at all. <laughs> he said three hours. <laughs> but like
1: I said, I have three little ones. That's about standard for yeah. for sleeping, yeah.
0: How much sleep do you get? Minimum five hours every night. Yeah.
2: That's about my life, five hours a day.
0: Mine's about six. I can't sleep past seven hours, really. No shit. No. Mm-mm. No, I wake up feeling bad. Yeah.
2: My back starts hurting and then I just feel like i I just slept the day away. I ain't getting nothing done productive, you know. Well so, that's so that's my thing. I
1: mean, if I feel like I'm sleeping any more than five hours, you're burning the fucking day. You know what I mean? I got shit I got to do. So, you know, get up five o'clock, start the day there, and, you know, get get all the shit done. Because you only have very limited time during the day anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They say, what is it? You sleep a third of your life, most people? They sleep yeah, a third. You, yeah. yeah, if
2: you do the eight hours, it's definitely a third. Right.
1: That's a lot of time, man. It's a lot of wasted
2: Dude, time. Steve
0: Harvey talks about that. Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen that, but he talks about... You know, he's like, we live in California. You know, the world starts at at 4 o'clock in the morning in California because the stock market's open then in New York. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like, so if you live in California, you ain't up at 4 o'clock, you know, you're slipping. Got to get that jump.
2: Yeah. Got to get the jump. (laughs) Plus, I am one who, when I was working day shift, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning is the best time to wake up, to center yourself. There's no ambient noise, nobody else up. Time to read whatever you need to read. You know what I'm saying, get your. If I sleep past six clothes.
3: o'clock, I feel like my day is ruined. Yeah,
2: yeah. And just that quiet of the of the morning is now that I work third shift. I miss that. Just waking up at four o'clock in the morning and just being
0: because now it's your afternoon. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> As to where the difference though, the difference though is you remember when we were like teenagers, younger, drinking till like four o'clock in the morning, and that you know I remember me like. Noon, one o'clock, that would be like the normal all
0: nighters, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: that would be the norm.
0: I can't now. do it now, bro. No, nope.
2: if I went back, I'd do it. No, it'd kill me, yeah, it'd kill me. But I remember staying up all night, f- passing out because I didn't fall asleep, passing out at six in the morning, waking yeah. up in an hour and a half, and going straight to work,
0: still drunk.
3: Oh
2: man, oh man, <laughs> hating
3: yourself all day, all day long. Was-
2: I ain't gonna do it no more. And then that night, hey, you want to go out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you always say that's that's it. That's the last that's time, the doing last time I'm doing that shit. i doing this, man. A couple man. hours, you're right back at it
2: again. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. What brings me to mind whenever you say something like that is back there in my, my using days, I would say, I would I would do too much. And I would say, God, if you would please get me through this, I will yes. never just do it again. It. Never. As soon as you know, I'll be doing it again. You, you mean, like, right
1: getting to, to that, that point of being really fucked up, that yeah, that, you, that point you don't want to be fucked up no more yet? Yeah. yeah,
0: and I'm like, God, if you please just get me through this, I will not do it no more. I've had a couple
3: drunk nights that end it like that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, no, uh, where, where you was talking about, you know, just waking up and, and getting right back at it, I'll never forget the, the second job I had was at White Castle. And... Uh, it was, There was 12-hour shifts, and I worked third shift. And uh, I thought I was good at staying up and this, that, and the other. And I, when I worked there, I would go to work. I would come home and, and record songs for a couple of hours. Then I would go to sleep and then wake up late for work every day.
1: But you all have White Castle <laughs> in
0: Kentucky? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, there's two in Lexington. Two in Lexington. Yeah. Oh, shit. I still love White Castle, man. Look, it was so good at that job. Was like As long as you was on the clock, you didn't have to pay for your food. You could eat anytime you wanted to. Hell that's yeah! Stoner's dream right there. Oh, bro, it was so dope. That's probably why Patrick still works there. You know, Patrick. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> he still works there, bro. Yeah, that's definitely why. Yeah. All right. Definitely. So
1: speaking, uh, you said yeah. you know you couldn't sleep. What? Uh, what? What's the main thing that you're you're trying to accomplish out out of the podcast? What are you trying to? What motivates you to do this?
0: Man, helping people, and 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 it helps myself too. It keeps me out of different thoughts that I have, which I don't have bad thoughts anymore, thank God, you know. uh, But really just helping people and reaching people and trying to set an example of where we used to be and where we're at now and where we're still trying to go because I don't see it as we are at a certain spot now. We're still on that journey, I guess, you know. Um, I don't look at any of this stuff as a final destination. You know, this is just part of the road to get there. And I'm just wanting to help people and help us.
1: Right, right. You're saying um, uh, it helps you in, in, in like, what manner? What What's what's the stuff that you still – you think you feel like you need help with?
0: Man, the stuff that I still need help with is self-worth. Like, sometimes I don't think I'm good enough.
1: Um, I think that's all of us at one point, yeah. too, right? Oh, yeah.
0: But to me, I sort of think that's a little healthy to a point. You know, i get mm-hmm. to that, too. But I need help with self-worth, um, you know, and thinking – that I should go back to the old lifestyle sometimes. Like, man, this ain't working. I better go. I got to do something else. Right. Right. You no, know, but if I if I stay busy doing positive things, then then I, I feel like I only do positive stuff and right. I think positive.
1: Old lifestyle as meaning as what
0: is selling dope, selling yeah. drugs. You know, that's what I thought. That's money. That's all I knew how to do then. Uh, at least that's all I thought I knew how to do. Right. right yeah. Because yeah, right. it isn't all I knew, but that's all I thought that I knew how to do. So.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: So
2: that makes me think, like, I remember years ago talking to you, and you was working like seven days a week. Yeah. And I was like, no man can work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. He's like, no, I got this. I was like, no, nah, you, you need to get your own place, get away yeah. from them. Yeah. I said, because your kids and your wife are going to kill you. Yeah. Because no man can work like that. And so, like, what was the moment And this is this is post selling dope. This is what was that what was that moment that it was like, okay, the dope game wasn't working. Yeah. I'm not cut out for the nine to five. Yeah. Running my own business is gonna run me to the ground. Yeah. What was that moment like when you was like, Okay, I'm gonna pivot this way?
0: So what made me pivot the opposite way is whenever I was working those seven days, seven hour day when I was working seven days a week, mm-hmm. you know, I had a goal in mind, you know, I just bought my first house and I was wanting to pay it off as fast as possible. So I was working a nine to five job for a guy and I started a line of landscaping business. The guy that I worked for, our days ended at three. And in the summer here, you still got six more hours of daytime. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I can mow till dark. And I was I'd done that for three, four years straight. But I paid my house off in three years. Every bit of money that I had, I put towards my house, my house, my house. I paid it off. And what made me realize that I'm working too much is like after five years, six years went by, my kids were grown or growing. And I still realize that. Hell, my daughter's pregnant. I'm like, where the, where did the time go? But anyways, you know, we go, we went to sell that house after I paid it off. Because we needed some money, UK hospital it took so much of our money at mm-hmm. closing, and didn't even, they didn't even tell me about it. So that it was all at that point when I had a at that point I had a meltdown, and I'm like, you know, something's got to change. The way I'm thinking's got to change, and I'm going to fully work for myself. And that's when I, I started my my carpentry business and
1: went that route. You told me that story a little bit. I want to ask real quick. Uh, the hospital took your money away from you.
0: Yeah. So, our daughter, we had her at UK hospital. At the time, we didn't have insurance, so they had a lien and they used it as a tax lien on my social for her birth. That's fucking wild, <laughs> it's crazy, bro. That's wild. That kicked straight in the teeth. That's some corporate, yeah,
3: bro. That's, that's it's corporate crazy. Espionage. Like they're, they're still fighting.
0: Uh There's still people fighting. Under a lawsuit about this, because I'm not the only one, and they, and it, it's been not just with houses; it's been with other things. You know, it's been with so much stuff, and uh, they're using it as tax liens when it's a personal debt. You know that they can't be doing that. I thought I heard but some wild stories,
1: it. like in New York and stuff like that. But the Commonwealth is a whole new set of tricks, man. Oh, yeah, the Commonwealth is a whole crazy. new mob. That's what. It yeah. Is. yeah, different monster. Yes. Yeah, like I, I know a whole lot about it, but I know that
0: you know if you don't even have to. They can pick up crimes on you if they want to, if they have, you know, you don't have to, you know, in some states you got to have people witness it, witnesses, and this, that, and another. the Commonwealth can pick up. Take, for instance, I knew somebody who was having charges pressed on them by a single person. That single person said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I am not. I don't want to do this.
2: Oh, Commonwealth said no. We
0: got it. Commonwealth said no, we got it now. It's us. We're pursuing we're, we're it. You don't have to.
1: Well, you know, when I started hiring people here, having employees and stuff, They would tell me these horrific stories about, you know, and they were paranoid. They're like, man, you got to watch your kids. They'll come in here and snag your kids. I'm like, what are you guys fucking nuts? What do you think? Like Nazi Germany, what's going on here? And I've seen in the two years that I've been here, I've seen probably over a dozen cases of either if they didn't get their kids taken away or they were in jeopardy of getting their kids taken away. And don't get me wrong. Some people, they deserve someone, the state, the Commonwealth to step in. But I've heard some horrific shit on, Uh, like there was an instance of, um, you know, maybe they didn't like how clean the the place was, or even there was a couple situations where the baby, and it was a a medical issue only, the baby wasn't gaining proper weight. And these parents were doing whatever they could Mm -hmm. to, to get, you know, their baby up to a certain weight. And, you know, the state was like up their ass and the Commonwealth was up their ass trying to Um, take
0: their kids. And I've done a lot of research on this because my sister went through this and, um, It's pretty corrupt, man, but it's it's all about money. You know, you can look up and see the FBI was investigating the state of Kentucky over this issue because they was taking people's kids and getting money for adoptions.
1: It's almost like a fucking form of human trafficking. Yes. Legal legal human trafficking. trafficking. Yeah, Yeah. they was taking
0: the kids and able to adopt them out to receive the money. It's almost just like schools. You know, school only wants you there not to learn. They get a certain amount of money for you being there every day. Yeah. Wow. You know, so if you're not there, they're going to charge you with tardy. You know, truancy. yeah, with truancy mm-hmm. and it's, it's pretty shit's wild. Yeah. It's That's all about wild. money. It's,
2: yeah. It's, it's in the name Commonwealth, like Commonwealth. And, and the <laughs> only well, people we're going to get your wealth. Yeah. the you know, <laughs> it's people, common. We're going to fuck you up yeah. too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. So you made the pivot to carpentry. Yeah.
0: Why carpentry? Man, I enjoy it. I still enjoy it. I don't know if I'll ever stop doing it now. You know, I tried to give it a break there for a little bit and wanted to do just the recording studio stuff. Not only is there not much money in that, but I missed it. Like, as so, soon as I got back into it, man, it was like such a, a huge relief. And and I like I said, I enjoy it. it. It's a stress reliever. It's almost like how people relax by reading books. Right. Like, I go into a house, man, and build a nice staircase, and it's the same gratifying feeling for me. So... I really enjoy doing
2: that. Yeah, It's kind of like when I did landscaping. Something that it's 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 fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You walk up on a yard, it looks one way. You spend a week working at it, and at the end, it's like I did that.
0: Yeah,
2: that that's my work, you know. And then for the whole rest of the summer, if you ride by there,
0: I did that. Yeah. Well, look, you know it's funny you said that. When I, I remember when I was a kid. I'd be riding in a truck with my stepdad and he like, Bill, you see that house over there? I'll put the vinyl siding on that house. And then it was all around Lexington, bro. And I was like, oh, God, I wish he would shut
1: up. When you're a kid, you're like, okay, dad. All yeah, right. Okay. When you get older, you're like, you know, but you look, appreciate that. Now
0: I do that to my kids and not even realize it. Then I'll start laughing. I'm like, yeah, they're probably telling me to shut the fuck the up. same thing. Like, <laughs> okay, dad. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny, man. But you know what's crazy, too? Like, also we'll be riding in the vehicle with just me and my wife and our kids and my wife will do it she'll say your dad done the work over here your dad done the work over there but that also makes me smile I'm like damn you know she she takes so much pride in my work that i do myself right. as i do well right.
1: it's not only that like you know a trace starter you say i my dad was in construction too my whole life pretty much uh you know yeah. between that a little bit of drug dealing but he used to mix it up a little bit um but uh you leave your mark on, well, you know, whatever town, whatever, wherever you are, you kind of, you, you leave your mark. So it is neat to kind of drive around and say, Hey, look, I did that. I did this. You know what I mean? So it is kind of cool to sit back and that's kind of how you leave your mark in life. You know what I mean? With the stuff you've built or. Yeah, absolutely. Will, your turn. (laughs) So
3: so you mentioned you was in, in the dope game for a little bit. Yeah. What got you in the dope game?
0: Just not having nothing. and thought that that's what I wanted to do. And I thought it was cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that's what everybody was doing. And when that, whenever it happened, you know, just, we was, we was already starting to get into music, you know? And, and at that time, you know, when we came out, that's when the drug dealing music was out. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's the drug using movement <laughs> that everybody's in. Right. Then it was the drug dealing music that, that, that got my attention, you know, and I, I glorified that lifestyle at one point. And, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to rap about this stuff, I got to do it. Yeah. And I was already doing it before then, you know, just to sort of, you know, to eat a little bit, you know, I lost my, my mother when I was young, you know, my dad was in prison. So I really, I did have people, I can't say I didn't. But I didn't go to them people because they wanted to control me too much in my mind. When in all reality, they was trying to help me. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Right. That so, when you're a kid, you always think, yeah. "Oh, my parents are being assholes, or they want to control me." But like you said, they got you know, they got your best, best intentions. Interest, yeah. yeah, and, that's and they've already I done wanted.
0: it. Yeah. So I would live with, with friends and uh, just go wherever I wanted to. So, but I was doing that then just to eat a little bit. So So did you just get tired of the lifestyle, give it up? Did you get busted? No, I got in trouble. I got busted, man. And to be honest, it saved my life still to this day. (laughs) It sucks I had to go through that, but it really did save my life. Hands down, that's the only thing. It's wild how you can say something like that's the best thing that ever happened to you. Bro, it it is. I mean, um, and at the beginning of it, too, I used to say, man, I'm a felon now. I can't get a job. I can't get this. I can't get that that's just fucking excuses, bro. Being, seeing where I'm at now, seeing other people, that's just excuses. Well,
1: uh, to, to your defense, though, a lot of people that get in trouble, especially like, you know, we're kids, we're products of the 90s, we're 90s kids, we were teenagers in the 90s and shit. But, I mean, this society, the matrix, that's what they have you believe. You know, you get one felony, that's it, you're fucking done, you might as well hang it up. Yeah. I mean, look at how many people in our society are super fucking successful. Yeah, a, lot a lot of felons, a lot of ex-felons. are super
3: Yeah, Because also America's
1: built on
2: um, us being successful. Just hard. I will say I wanted to pursue
3: hardships. a career in real estate, and I couldn't pursue that career because of a felony. Mm-hmm. Because of a felony, I can't get a better job. Yeah. So I mean, you're branded. Mm-hmm. You are,
1: but it shouldn't
0: stop you. Yeah, it's, it's not going to stop. But no, no, you, I didn't.
3: You. You no, know, not necessarily stop me, but it holds me back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't f- successfully follow the dream I want.
0: Right. Because of a felony. Well, you can if you do it yourself, you know, because you're allowed to start any business you want.
3: Right. But you can't be a licensed real estate agent yeah, you with a
0: felony. Yeah, you can. You can, bro. Might want to look into it. Yeah. But see, you don't have to to get into real estate, though. You don't have to be a real estate agent. You just buy it as the owner. Right, right.
3: Yeah. You
1: can flip your own stuff, yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, you can wholesale houses. There's, an, you know, there's other things you but can do. But there is a but... few
0: jobs, no, you can't do it with a felony. You can't get your CDLs, you know, because you can't. You know, he can't drive the truck. He can't become
1: president, even though a lot of the motherfuckers should have numerous felonies. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, mean, I, I can't
3: say. Let's you not even you get
0: don't started on to, that. We'd be here all day. I don't know for sure, but I don't think that's right.
3: Yeah. I mean, upon my research, that's what I found. I yeah. mean, you have to have pretty much a clean record.
2: And the thing is, there's always loopholes. And you know, one of the biggest phrases that I that that stands with me to, to this day, I heard it probably about 14 years ago. It's not about what you know, is who you know. That's, that's huge. Th- that's and how so much true. money's in your pocket. Yeah. But if you know the yeah. right people, like um i I could say this because it's this gonna happen. My ex-wife three time felon, she's gonna get them all expunged. Yeah. Just by knowing the right people. She right. tried to do the, the right avenues and the lawyer ran off with her money. Yeah. She ran into somebody else because in the business she's in, she knows people and she rubs elbows with certain people. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> go talk to this person, go talk to this person, and now
1: she's gonna get all that.
2: Yeah. taken away i'm
1: laughing because i had a case one time in florida uh so i bought a car the, so the old guy that i bought it from he changed the dash out so the vin number didn't match on the car huh. i sold it to this woman whose, whose husband ended up being a fucking cop it called me like three days later we can't register the car you're chopping cars You're selling. i had the detective on my ass thinking i'm chopping cars when i'm just buying and selling cars you know what i mean at the time, uh, a really close friend of, of of my baby mama was was an attorney. Used to hang out with the judge, play golf with him. I'm in court. You know, you line up. Everybody calls your name. You, you're sometimes half the fucking day. Yeah, he comes to me. He goes when you when they call your name. He's like, you're not gonna have to talk to the judge. He goes, just go up there and sign your name, and then you can leave. So I'm sitting there. In the damn in the, in the in the courtroom with everybody else, and you know they call up one person, they call up the other person. They're all standing there. You know that nervous moment, right? You Talking yeah. to the fucking judge, calls my name. Sure enough, I get up, I sign my name, I walk the fuck out of the courtroom. I'm like, oh, I feel like fucking Tony Soprano, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> all because my attorney, yeah, was really close with the judge. So I mean, it's all it's all fucked up. They yeah. they do whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: definitely so. man, like when we was kids, and not say kids, but we was young teenagers. Older adults, or younger adults, uh, we had a bunch of traffic violations, me and a bunch of our friends. Well, there was a a neighborhood friend of ours their mother worked at down at the courthouse. And every time we would get something with traffic, she would take it off there for us. (laughs) (laughs) Inside connections. She eventually got in trouble for it. She got caught doing it because she started taking money at this time, too, but... A yeah, little double dipping. Little, little uh-huh. dipping, but I mean, I would get traffic tickets and never have to go to court cause I would call and then she would just erase it out of everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, like Trey said, it's, it's who, you know. So it's, you know, it's good to have friends like that. Um, and you know, the, the people up at the top, that's what they literally, they, you know, they get away with, you know, whatever the hell they want to get away with, you know? Yeah, um, that's why you know this big, the whole Epstein thing. That's why I don't think we'll ever really fully see all the people that are involved uh, yeah. in that because he was the fall guy for all them guys. You know, yeah. What there's, I mean? there's
0: still too many important people on there that uh, they're waiting for. They're that. waiting for that to, to die
2: down, and it's almost died. And a down. lot of
0: them are dying down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> now, yeah. What's going to
2: happen is it's going to happen just like what that movie, The Irishman. It's going to be one person left. And that's when the whole story comes out. Oh, yeah. You know, that's know I mean. the, the, the killing of Jimmy Hoffa yeah. and all of that, yeah. It was when the last dude, was the act, and he was the actual hitman. Right. That was the last one alive. And that's when they went and interviewed him. him like, hey, man, you the last dude alive. Like, just go ahead and tell us. Spill the us. beans. No yeah. one's going to so come after told him now. Him, And then, you know, of course, Martin Scorsese got, it, got the information and they made the movie. And still, there's still some uh, stipulation as to maybe the guy didn't really tell the truth. But at this point, it's like- who cares? That, but that that's how that's how they rewrite
0: history. They Who's gonna say he didn't tell the truth? Yeah. But he's the only one left. The only that left. And that's his his, you know, perception of things. Mm-hmm. It's you know what's weird, you know, and we've probably been through this before, all of us together. We can both witness the same thing, but our perceptions be different and it be told differently. And people can then their perception could think this one's true and this one's not true, even though they're really the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. like that's just his the way he perceived it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So Half full, half empty. Yeah. Well, I feel like in the country right
1: now, more so than ever, that's happening right now. Um, there's no secret anymore, unless you've been like half asleep. Anything that's on the, the TV waves, the radio waves, stuff like that. There is stuff put in there that is is uh, condition you to think a certain way, and and you, you could take what's going on in the country, the whole political shit, the big divide. Me and you could watch a certain uh, commercial, and you think one way, I think the other but you know there's there's a purpose to to all that you know what i mean yeah. there's 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 a there's a perception um manipulation there on purpose so it's yeah. it's uh they've they've know, they've learned how to master that how to how to master people's perception and uh yeah you be over here on this team we'll be over here on this team you know meanwhile there's there's all kinds of other uh you know injustices that are, that are happening you know yeah. what i mean agendas
2: and Kansas City shuffles that's what i call it
1: yeah, yeah. yep <laughs> exactly exactly so you're talking about, uh, earlier you, something like really horrific ha- happened in, in your past.
0: Yeah, man. So, uh, whenever I was 14, I was 13 or 14. I really can't remember the exact age, but, um, it was new year's Eve. I'll tell the whole story. So, but it was new year's Eve of 1999, you know, it's the big the, millennium, I, you know, Y2K. Stuff, the, the huge, you know, and, uh, me and a bunch of my friends was going to have a little party at uh, a hotel that was uh, big back then, and um, I kept my mother was going to give me some money, so I kept calling her and I kept calling her. Um, she would not answer the phone, so I get my stepmother and one of my sister's boyfriend named Chris, and we go to my mom's house. We lived on Third Street at this time, and um, we pull up, and the door was open. And the lifestyle that my mother lived, um, her door had like five locks on it. Like The door was never open there, never, and never unlocked. Um, I still don't know everything she did. I just know it was crooked. You know, you know, you pay attention when you're younger. You might mm-hmm. not know everything, but you know something.
1: Mm-hmm. Something's something. Something's, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: They're not doing something right. But um, I knew something was wrong, <clears throat> so uh, I grabbed this like pooper scooper thing and uh, I broke it in half and I gave one to Chris and I, I we walk in the house and I, I see a bullet hole in the door of the bedroom and you know I already sensed that something has really really gone wrong here well I don't know if it was my stepmother that walked in there first or Chris that walked in there first but one of them walked in there and then Chris yelled at me he said Billy go outside and when he said that I just knew I knew that I had to go see for myself, you know, because uh, I didn't know, for one, if it was my mother or my aunt, because they both lived there together. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know which one. I just knew something was going down. Something had went down and it was my mother. She had she had been shot in our in our bathtub. And um, I'll, I'll never forget it, uh, of course. But. Uh, yeah, man, that was pretty tragic. I, I couldn't even think of. Who to call besides like my aunt, my other aunt? I, I didn't even think to call nine one one. I'm like, I need to call Kim, you know. So that's why I called. And um, long, long, long story short, it took it took forever to, to find the guy who done it. But uh, it happened to be her boyfriend at the time. His name was Miguel, and um, he he got in trouble for it, you know. And and going to the court, uh, going to the all the court hearings with you know, with them whenever all this, they finally caught him, you know, they had picked him up that day walking down Versailles Road and he had had a gunshot wound to his belly. Well, and they didn't pick him up then? No. Well, he said that he was involved in a drive-by shooting. Wow. So that was the first story. Well, that's what they let, they took him to the hospital, or whatever. Let him go, this, that, and the other. Well, then during the court sessions, it came out that he said that my, uh, The first story was some guys came in, shot him, and he played dead, and then they went in there and killed my mom, and then they left. Well, then the final story was, well, him and my mom was fighting. My mom shot him. He played dead, and my mom went to get in the shower. Who goes and takes a shower after they kill somebody anyways? But anyway.
1: Sociopath.
0: Yeah. So um, it was like he said that my mom shot him. And then went and got in the shower. He played dead. So then he got the gun and went and killed her. Well, we'll never know the real story. Right. You know, we'll right. never know the real story. But even before then, you know, my dad was already in prison. My dad went to prison when I was 10. So I lived back and forth between my mom and my stepmother's house, you know, because my dad had other kids with my stepmother. So, you know, I bounced back and forth, you know. And to be honest, it was whoever was not get whoever I was. Being treated well with at the time, you know, if I was in trouble with my mom, I'm like fine, I'm going to Kathy's. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, and vice versa. It was the, the same way, you know. I and was, how old were you then when that happened? When my dad went to prison, when I was ten. No, but, the the murder. You know, I was thirteen or fourteen. I really. So, man, how did you deal with something like that? thirteen, fourteen? That's a lot years of old. trauma, I mean, that's, man. That's a big. That's a big thing. I still deal with a little bit, uh, to be honest. But I started drinking really bad whenever I was a, a young teenager. A lot going to parties, and I, I used it as a as an excuse to 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 do what down I the want. the pain, and yeah, and definitely numb the pain. And I've I used it sometimes, even with my family members. You know, looking back at some of the stuff I did to them, you know, after the fact, and I would say, I would use the fact of well, I've lost my mom, you know, as as a as a as like an, an excuse, yeah, yeah for me to do that yeah. type of stuff. Um. You know, and I see that now, and of course I feel bad about it, but there's nothing I can do to change it now. But I, uh, I've talked to them, to the ones too, that to let them know, hey man, I'm sorry. You know, right? Yeah, that was not me. But I mean, that's how you dealt with it then. You that's know, that's how I dealt with it, and um, that's all I knew how to deal with it. You know, my uncle tried really hard, you know, to really take me under his wing, but he was a stiffler. You know, never mean. He was never mean to me, but he Just was strict. He was strict. Yeah, and he he uh, he loved me. That's for sure. Like. He was the he was a soft hearted guy, uh, and I get a lot from him too, like because I cry during movies, I watch sad videos, I cry, you know, and he was that way. Mm-hmm. you know I'll never forget one time um, me and a bunch of my friends this was after not even a couple of months after this happened with my mom, me and a bunch of my friends was you know out doing crazy, stupid stuff, but it was like four o'clock in the morning, and we busted this guy's headlights out with uh, this golf club, and he tried to come and run us over. Well, all of my friends ran, and the guy actually got me, and he hit me across my face with a with a fence post. I mean, he crushed my face with this damn thing. And my uncle, uh, I got in a car with these people just in the middle of Winchester Road. It's right there by the peanut butter factory. And they drove me home, uh, well, to my uncle's house. Man, my uncle seen my face, dude, and he started crying. And I just knew he was going to prison, bro. He made Over me, this? Over this. He made me get in the car with him. And he said, where is this guy at? And I was like, what happened over in this area? And when we get there, the guy was standing on his porch. And Joey was like, is that him? I'm like, it's not him. (laughs) It's not him. It was him? It was him. Yeah. He was going to go to prison, bro. That sounds like something I do for my nephew, yeah. Knowing my uncle and knowing how he is, if I would have told him that was the guy, that guy would be dead right now. I'm not joking. And, um, yeah.
1: So let me ask you this. What? Has your uncle been through a lot of traumatic stuff in his life too, or?
0: Well, I mean, with our family, I guess I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know. He's never really told me much of his. I don't. I that's don't your remember. mom's brother. Yeah, that's my mom's okay, brother. Okay, so he did
1: know? go through through that with you some some really traumatic yeah, shit yeah, uh, with, with the death of your mother. Yeah. For what, sure. Reason reason why I was saying that, Billy, is um, I don't know. My instance, I I I've kind of find myself being a really empathetic person when I was younger, not so much, but a lot of the shit that I went through as I'm older now, like I'm kind of like you, certain things will get to me and I'll just start, you know, seeing myself, you know, feel other people's pain. But I think everybody that's gone through some really traumatic shit, they don't want to see other people go through that because they went through that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was saying. Your uncle reminds me, of that, of like you know, just yeah. being being really empathetic because he's been through some Very shit.
0: Very empathetic, man, and and I'm the same way too. Like what you just said, you know. Like I said, I watch videos or like I watch these videos of people giving people stuff, and it just makes their whole world, bro. And I break down, right? You know, crying, happy for them, right? You right, know, like right. man, this is so <laughs> yeah, this is so dope, this is so good, yeah, yeah. But um, Tyson's like that.
1: He's always on the verge of, bro, of tears and stuff. Hey, oh, he's one Tyson. of my favorites. Yeah. yeah.
2: I You know, when it comes to empathy, man, like, it took years for me to learn it. <clears throat> it's, been so, it's been so long um, playing the tough guy, and then you, in your own mind, you become a tough guy. Yeah. And then when it's time to actually feel things because you've numbed it for so long or ran from it for so long, like, but now, yeah, I'm just I'm saying, well, I don't know, it's, with me, it's movies. You catch it, oh, like I was just talking about off-camera anime. Catch yeah. the, if I fall in love with a character and I relate to them and they go through something, especially if' some good acting all oh, does, yeah, I'll be watching stuff sometimes like I'm not gonna cry, you almost like you
0: almost got you me almost got me you <laughs> almost got me
2: the music would come on the strings will come in, yeah. and then you just like, uh, uh-uh, uh I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna yeah. do it like for years, and I'm gonna say this, Grey's Anatomy, yeah, Sean de would get me,
0: <laughs> yeah, she, Shonda de would
2: get me, I'd be sitting there watching next thing I know I'm over, like. <laughs> Sonny, you did it again, bitch!
1: <laughs> I was at an event. Uh, you guys know I was at a, that event in Atlanta, that yeah. Aspire event. And there's this guy that I never knew of. He's a, he's a he used to actually like manage Run DMC, and he was a rapper in like the late '80s, early '90s, just huge, huge, like big motivational guy. He was telling the story about his his dad. He used to play chess with him all the time. He never beat his beat his dad in chess. And he said, "I finally beat my dad in chess." He said the only catch was it was unfair because uh, my dad didn't even really know who I was. Like he had, uh, you know, Alzheimer's, and his his dad had a moment of clarity and said, "Hey, you want to play chess?" And he was like, "Who me, Dad? Yeah, I'll play chess with you." But you know, I'm in, I'm around like you know, couple thousand people. I'm like, "You son of a bitch!" Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) starting to like, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: I mean, it's a good thing, man. It's it is. It's it's and like, like. we gotta break that whole "we
1: don't cry" thing. Well, uh, it's a, we're taught wrong uh, for, from early on. It's that it's just ego, mm-hmm. yeah. it's pride yeah, and ego, and show
3: emotions. It's a sign of weak. weakness. And yeah,
1: that's why I like Tyson. He teaches us the total fucking opposite. Like yeah. you know, like he's one of those you know, you know, he's a fucking tough guy. He's a different type of breed, right? And like that's what people say. Like when Tyson starts crying, you guys, uh, you better watch out. Better watch out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, like I don't cry and like want to destroy things or nothing, you know, but. Um, going through the experiences that I've had, it's definitely made me a different person. You know, um, after that happened with my mother though, back to this and, you know, I started abusing alcohol really, really bad. Uh, then I eventually got introduced to opiates and, you know, then I became the dealer more to supply that habit,
1: (laughs) you know, that's how it goes.
0: I wanted to do it more just, just to supply that. But whenever I got in trouble, man, I went to uh, – they sent me to a rehab called the Grateful Life Center. I'm really grateful for that place. Um, that The program that they use there, which is a 12-step program, it really opened me up to myself, you know, not just to other people, to myself. Like, I didn't really know myself until then. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't then until I was able to, realize, to really – Forgive the guy that killed my mom. You know, I didn't want to be his friend or nothing. You know, I didn't right. want to go hang out, and say, "Hey, you want to come catch the game?" You Right. Know? Definitely wasn't none of that. You know, Uh, but
1: you wanted to throw away that fucking yeah. I did trauma emotional baggage. Well, yeah,
0: like I did that for
1: me, right? You know, for well, they myself. say forgiveness is, it really is, is a lot more for you than the other person. And I yeah. heard that
0: all the time, and I never really truly click. understood what it really. I knew what it meant. Well, let me make sure I put this. See, there.
1: I didn't. When I was younger, I didn't, I didn't know what it meant.
0: Well, I didn't know, I guess I don't say. Because if I did, I would would have done it, I guess, right. already. But you I didn't did not hear that. You didn't understand it. I didn't understand it, yeah.
1: That's another thing that's embedded in us as kids, especially here in America. Like, I grew up Italian. You know, my family's uh, one size strong Italians, from, you know, from Italy. And, you know, and revenge was fucking engraved in us. Like, someone does something to you, you better go at them fucking yeah. 10 times harder. Yes, like, that nah. was taught. That was taught to us. You know what I mean? So it's just we learn wrong. Learned I say wrong. it again. Yeah. We learn wrong.
0: Learn wrong, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I was able to forgive him, and um, I, I came back home and still stayed active in that 12-step program with, with Trey here. And, you know, during the the whole midst of this.
1: That's how you and Trey know each other is from, from recovery.
0: We knew of each other before then. Yeah. We, uh, we but, ran
1: into each other when we
2: were both making music. Right? Doing music, yeah. Because oh,
0: okay. during the meeting, I came to him like, Bro, oh, you look so familiar, you know, and we sort of clicked, talked about it. I'm like, that's where we know each other from, you know. Okay. And I knew I'd seen him somewhere and talked to him before, but I just couldn't remember when and where. But, you know, that place taught me so much about myself and had so much self-control that um, I at the time, I can't, Trey, you can probably help me reconnect, but I think I had probably two years clean at the time. And one of our daughters tragically passed away yes. and I, I stayed a, clean through it. Mm-hmm. Surprised me. Still. Surprises that's amazing. Me. Still yeah, that's surprises amazing. me, bro. Like, yeah. uh, cause I, I did end up start drinking a little bit at like five years after that, Right. you know, but during that time I would have thought if there would have been an excuse, that would have been the excuse. Yeah. Why? Well, you know,
1: no, knowing you, you know, I've only known you a couple of months now. I've known Will for a couple of years and I just met Trey. So, um, the more and more that I learn about you and I was even telling Will this, I'm like, man, I'm very rarely like in awe of people that I meet because, you know, I've seen a lot of shit. I lived all over the country, grew up really fucking crazy. But like the more stories I hear about you, I'm like, man, this fucking guy, he's like on something like in a positive way. Now, I'm not talking about drugs. or nothing. Yeah. Like, How does he stay? So fucking positive after all the crazy shit, like the death of your mother, the death of your daughter. Like you were very fucking inspirational to to keep yeah to keep that 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 positive mindset about you. you What what I I
0: what I try to do is I don't like the feeling I felt when I went through those things, Mm -hmm. so I try to always do the opposite of what I was feeling that time. Right, you know. So I'm like I'm like if I always. Stay happy now. Whenever I'm sad, I make sure I let it out. You know, I don't right. try to be masculine and and hide that stuff. You know, right. my kids even make fun of me for for not being masculine all the time. You know, but I don't care. You know, because right. one day they're going to do the same thing. I know they are. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know they are. And then when I, when they do, I'm going to make fun of them. But no, anyways. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man. I, if that would have been the time for me to use that as an excuse, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, there's I, there's people, you know. We all come from the the same kind of background. We're all in recovery, but uh, it doesn't take, when you're an addict, it doesn't take much. You could just have a fucking depressed day, have a fight with your girlfriend. So for you to to hold sobriety through, you know, the death of a child, that's fucking, that's not not even human. And
2: I have to say, like, still to this day, you know, um, watching you walk through that has kept me from finding an excuse. Yeah. Through certain things that I've gone through. Yeah. Because that's it's to I didn't experience I was not in your shoes, yeah. but I was there next to you. Yeah. During that whole time and remembering that like this guy you had you hadn't even gotten 2 years
0: clean. Yeah, it was it was probably you know right what I'm saying? It,
2: it was like right before we got 2 years clean. That's fresh. He can that, stay yeah. clean through that. Yeah. What I'm going through right now. Probably, there ain't no excuse. Like I hope to, this you room, know what I'm saying? Right. So
0: I hope it don't hurt <clears> nobody else's feelings that's in recovery that hears this. Because uh, I can just give you from my perception, you know, if I would have done it, then I was really just waiting on an excuse, anyways. Yeah, right. I, just, I mean, no, I, feel, yeah. like, that's not gonna hurt I feel like when you recover, we, you find excuses yeah,
2: to well, use. It, it, that's that's not going to hurt anybody's feelings because, you know, you know, you know how I am with recovery anyway. Yeah. And I tell people all the time like, people, you use because you want to. Yeah. Ain't no excuses. Yeah. You, you Don't, do because you want, want to. to. It's, it's, it's like, you cheating on your wife, and me? Like I slipped into it. Like you don't
1: just
3: slip into, into some it, pussy, yeah. man. You, I did once,
2: man. I wish I did wish, once. I,
3: did one time. <laughs> I wish
1: because if if you did, it was like, Jello involved? Where would where where you fall cliff at? They were I, wrestling I fall I was too. at a Rat House. You know, it was like a fucking Jello fight. I slipped. I want to fall where
3: right into that fall? shit too.
1: You know
2: what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't worry about hurting nobody's feelings on that one. Yeah. trust me. I no. I, I.
0: But man, one thing I've come to, to realize after. Going through so much pain, and, and I hate even saying that because I do know I have been through some stuff. But I see other people's story, and I'm like, man, my story ain't got shit on that person's story. So I said that
1: I said that about you today at the gym to Will.
0: I said, man, I thought I had a fucking wild,
1: crazy upbringing to story, which I do. But I'm like, your situations yeah. that you went through were a and lot I feel more traumatic that. than
0: I feel that with other people too. So, but um, what I've come to realize throughout that though is like time don't necessarily heal everything, but it it just gets easier to deal with. Adaptation.
1: Yeah. I feel as humans, that's what we're here to do. We're here to learn and then adapt to the circumstances that we're thrown into.
3: Yeah. 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 I want to back up a little bit. You mentioned they sent you to
0: rehab. Who sent you to rehab? D-O-C. The judge strongly suggested that I went. (laughs) She strongly suggested that I went there. It was either rehab or the the brick room. Yeah, I was going to prison. (laughs) So, um... But it, it, again, uh, best decision that I'm. I'm glad they sent me there,
1: man. So without being too like clinical and stuff, because you know we're none of us here have a have a you know PhD in in anything like medical. But would you say self diagnose you have some PTSD?
0: Definitely so, man. Yeah. I got one more story before uh, I can get into that because this plays along with that. So while I was in the rehab, and uh, Trey knows this story too. I I was almost completed. I've been there already eight months. And um, we didn't ever really have much money, you know, at that time. And so I was cutting hair in there to to make some money, and we wasn't allowed to. But that's really my only way I could call home. Or, you know, they definitely fed us, and actually great food. But um, I didn't have no money. You know, we could leave. At that time, I smoked cigarettes. I didn't have no money for cigarettes, you know. So I had to do something to make money. Well, I was upstairs cutting uh, somebody's hair, and the guy at the front office knocked on the door and I had the door locked and we're not allowed to lock the door. So I thought I was already in trouble, but, uh, he was like, Billy, um, your wife said, you got to call home. Something's going on. So I'm like, okay, uh, I hurry up and I go downstairs and I call and she was like, "Braden is in the hospital. You have to come home. Um, uh, Braden's our middle boy, you know, the, I don't think you met him yet. You will though. But, um, she was like, "Braden's in the hospital. You got to come home. You got to see if they'll let you leave. So I called Dave, and I'm like, Dave, you know, Dave is the guy over the whole place. You know, we're really not allowed to leave, but I guess in emergencies we are. Because I, I called him, like, man, something's going on. My wife said I have to get to the hospital, this, that, and other. So he's like, well, give me 20 minutes. I'll call call back. So I, I'd already made up my mind if he wasn't going to let me go. I was going anyway. So I was right. already upstairs uh, packing my stuff. So um they called back and was like, Yes, you can go. So when I get there, come to find out he had actually, my son had died. And they had brought him back to life. He was on life support. It was really <clears> rough. <throat> what had happened was he had caught a temperature in his sleep and it made him have a seizure while he was asleep. Oh shit. He fell off the bed and it busted his mouth and he literally aspirated on his own blood. Damn. As he was just a little over a year old. Well, I get there to the hospital. And um, I see him hooked up to a life – it was on life support. You know, it was really, really tough seeing it. I mean, they had to – they couldn't get a IV in the poor kid's vein, so they literally took a drill and drilled into his leg to put an IV in his bone. Damn, I never heard of that. Bro, it was the craziest shit I've ever seen. Wow. kids is a trooper. But anyways, um, I was there for about three days, and um, during that time to like, – um, I get teared up thinking about it, bro. Cause like it was crazy. Like I had so many emotions, like going through my mind because, um, I had to call back to that place every three hours, and they was like, "Okay, you're fine." Call back three more hours. Da, da 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 da. Well, I was there for about three days, and they uh they said, well, come back to the to the shelter. You got to pee for us, and if it's clean, you can go back." And that was on a Sunday. I'm like, "Okay," I go back Sunday night. I pee. Mm-hmm. It was clean. I get up, come back Monday morning. I wasn't back in Lexington probably thirty minutes and Dave calls the guy from the place and was like, Hey, DOC said you can't stay down there every night, that you're gonna have to come back here every night and then you can go back there during the day.
1: Saying you can't stay with your son.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, Well man, I'm like my family don't have the ways and means to get me from Lexington to Cincinnati two times a day. You know, and it's four for them, you know. You know, it's just I was like, That's too much. They mm-hmm. they can't do that. So, um, I was like, if, if you can't let me stay, then you might as well just call DLC and tell him I'm left because I'm not coming back until he's off life support. Mm-hmm. I was like, if he's off life support and still in the hospital, that's fine. I'll come back. That gives me a little bit of hope. I'm like, but if, if me not knowing when is the last time I'm going to see him and I'm not <coughs> right. going to be here. Right. It's worth the risk. I will take whatever risk I have to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was on life support for two weeks. So um after the two weeks was up and he was back in the hospital, like just in the hospital area, I told Megan, I was like, I was like Megan, um, I need to go down to the pro office and see what I got to do. I was like, because I don't want to get in any more trouble. You know, that's not what I was wanting to do this for. So I went down there and they was like, huh, no one even told us you left. <laughs> I was like, well, I did.
3: <laughs> so, so question for you though, yeah, going through that, you know, that had to be a lot of stress. Yeah. New to recovery. How hard yeah. was it not to use?
0: That wasn't even on my mind, bro, to be honest. I don't know if it was just that I some, had some of the tools in my tool bag at that time, you know, from that place or what. But that really wasn't on my mind at that time. At that time, you know, it was my family and my wife, you know, and, and what they're going through at that time and my kids. Like, because I'm sure I did not even think about that. It never crossed you know, being, my mind. Being new to recovery, I mean – stress triggered and it seems like it would be there. It's almost like I'd already had that spiritual awakening, I guess, you know, to where I knew I wasn't going to do that no more. And I really already knew that when I was in jail before they sent me there because like people had cigarettes and stuff in the jail. And I said, Nope, I'm doing everything right. Do I want to hit your cigarette? Hell yeah. Am I going to? No. Let's not talk about where those cigarettes has been. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but anyways, suitcase. Yeah. The keister bunny. But, uh, (laughs) so we, uh, they was like, well, no one had called called us, and um I'm like, well, I left, and they was like, well, you know, you're gonna have to go back to jail, right? I'm like, well, that's fine, you know. I knew that was the option. Not, I thought that was gonna for sure be it when I came here, anyways. Like, you had done deal. So yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm fine there with two that. Pair of on. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I was like, because I'm not doing nothing wrong, you know. Um I explained the whole situation, and the drug lady came in there. Her name was Rachel. I don't know if she's still there, but she was like. Um, she remembered me from last time. You know, every time I'd come in and see them, they would say, are you going to be dirty? I would never lie because they're going to know and say, yeah, it's dirty. They're going to know yeah, anyway. It's, it's dirty, <laughs> yeah. Well, she came in there. She's like, Billy, if, um, if this is clean when I pee you today, I'm going to help you. I was like, okay, thank you. And I didn't really think much about it. You know, I thought she was just pacifying me, you know, I guess. Well, um, it was clean, of course. And I started going to court, and she showed up to the court and was like um, – well, the judge, she had suggested my wife write a letter to the judge and go get the the paperwork from the hospital, all that stuff, so she did. Well, the first time at court, the judge was like, he was like, Mr. Stone, he was like, uh, you know, I read every letter that comes into my office, you know, because that's what I feel like I'm supposed to do, and I read through what happened to your son. Uh, and he said, I'm going to tell you, I would have done the same thing. He said, I wouldn't have done nothing different. Right. He said, but. In all reality, though, I did tell you you have to complete a drug rehabilitation program for me to let you out. He's like, "Can we call that place and see if you can go back?" And Rachel stood up and she was like, "Sir, the way those programs work, and again, this is all off money too. That's so bad that they it's based mm-hmm. off money. But you know, the deals the, the state pays them to houses there. So what they made it is, if you leave and you come back, you got to start over, right? You know, just to yeah get keep money. you in there, yeah, and she was like, well, if he goes back, they'll have to start him over. And he was almost done. He was almost complete. And he was like, well, he was like, how about I continue this for another month? Rachel and my lawyer, Mr. Larson at the time, thank God for him. He's a whole other story. But um, he said, you all get together with each other and come up with a different plan and propose it to me, and we'll see what happens. Well, that next, the next court date, man, I just knew. I was like, I'm going home today. I'm going home today. I feel it. It's good. I have a good feeling. And we get to court, and um, they had drew up a, a good plan. I didn't even draw it up with them. You know, uh, they drew up this intensive outpatient plan, and he said, okay, do it. Go back, get your stuff. Go home. Don't disappoint me. And from that day forward, bro, I was like, I'm never – Going this route again. You seen like my,
1: the window opportunity there to, to yeah. My trouble days of doing
0: stuff that that's really going to for real get me in trouble are over. Am I perfect now? No, by not mm-hmm. by no means. You know, but I don't litter. <laughs> you know, I, I right. look at weird stuff, bro. Like even though it seems so, <clears throat> not so bad. But I'm like, if I'm going to change something, I have to change everything. Mm-hmm. And like I even try to tell the the, the truth in every situation that I'm in. Right. You know, sometimes it may get a little sideways, right. (laughs) You know, depending on my motive, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. If you stretch the truth, but, um, just a little bit, just a little bit, but no, like, like after that, man, uh, it really, it really changed. Then after finding the baby, dead, when we woke up, man, back to your question, it's created a huge PTSD, um, this is still a weekly recurrence in my house, man. I go to all of my kids room and I make sure they're breathing at nighttime, but I, I am getting better at it. And, um, uh, yeah, it doing takes this time, doing this motivational stuff helps me with that really because uh where I've been through that now, I feel like I can speak on that stuff. Right. And even though like, I'm not a doctor, but I go through it and I can tell you what helps me mm-hmm. and what doesn't help me, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but I had that small TIA stroke, man. Look, I tried to quit smoking cigarettes forever. I smoked cigarettes for 20 years. 20 years, no shit. Three packs a day at the end of Damn. it. Damn. For real, I was smoking, smoking. But anyways, I sat in that hospital, and I told my wife, I said, look, I said, I will never smoke another day of my life. I'm not going to do it. I was like, I want to live. You know, back then when I was using, I wanted to die because I couldn't stop. Right. You know, I'm like, I told him, like, now I want to live. Yeah. I'm like, I love my life. There might mm-hmm. be some struggles that we go through. I'm like, but I want to live. I said, I'm going to do everything I can to do that. And so I quit smoking cigarettes and now I just eat bad. <laughs> but, we
1: all have that one little something. I mean, yeah. we're not, you know, no one's perfect. You know what yeah. I
0: mean? But anyways, man, I really appreciate y'all getting, letting me uh, tell a little bit about my story. Um, the next We appreciate next you up sharing with that, it with us. We got us. John coming up, man. I, I'm excited to hear that one. Oh, yeah. You know, we're all interesting people. What
1: you know? uh, what what wait. should we say and we shouldn't say? Are the feds listening? No. His,
0: yeah. <laughs> his
3: story stretches across the United States, so it's yeah, a little interesting. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. <laughs> so, look, uh, if, you, if, uh, if you all got a story you all want us to read, uh, send it to us. We got one uh, that came in, and we're going to read it at the top of the next episode, and we're going to give our view on it. So this guy that sent it in, is pretty tough. I mean, you all read it. Well, let's not give it away, but yeah. it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it is yeah. real good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And we touched a little bit on, on it. A lot of
1: people. This this one here, but uh, we're going to get more in depth to it on the next next one.